Scott Harold is known for his interviews. Well, you're asking great questions. I think you're in the right career path, my friend. <laughs> I really do. Scott Harold's SOS Radio podcast starts now. There's so many things in our life that we should do, and there's so much pressure that other people put on us that they want us to do. And we just think like, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? And it sort of builds this weird cycle that makes us lose focus, makes us lose our identity. And we're talking with Dr. Chris Thurman today at SWIS Radio. How are you? I'm doing great. I hope you're doing well. So most of us have like this mental picture of what we want our life to look like in five or 10 years. But then... It comes to making proactive steps that are necessary to accomplish dreams or to fulfill goals. And then you realize, okay, well, I'm not really fully comfortable with where I'm at. It's interesting because on the other side of that, there's a comfort zone. It's like we go for something that is uncomfortable, but then we stop when we get to a comfort level and we don't push through. Why do you think that is, Chris? Well, I think all of us are understandably averse to pain. To push through something means to be willing to suffer. And so, you know, whether it's I I need to lose some weight or I need to finish that college degree or or whatever, it's like, well, the price tag is going to be pain. You're going to be doing some suffering. And, you know, as long as we've studied human beings, we know one thing about them. They are averse to pain and they are drawn to pleasure. So sometimes we opt for the most pleasurable thing in the moment and thus get in the way of achieving long-term goals that we have. So a comfort zone is basically just comfortable, right? We're talking with Chris Thurman today at SWIS Radio. Comfort zones aren't scary. They're not risky. They're not even really dangerous. It's just comfortable. And for someone who feels like, hey, you're in that space where you're just always pushing up to where you're comfortable, and then you start to get fearful, you start to get scared, or you feel like something's too much work to push through, how should you start to discern where you should push through and where you should focus on pressure. This may sound like semantics, but it's important what words you use. So I would want us to avoid, I should push through this and shift over to language that is a little bit less shaming and condemning. For example, it would be better if I pushed through this. My life would move forward if I pushed through it. You know, that kind of mindset doesn't have the shame and condemnation to it, and therefore it frees up a little bit more energy for actually doing what you're talking about. We're talking about rethinking the way that we use certain words that put some shame on us when we think about our goals, when we've got our focus, we think about moving in different directions. And a lot of times we'll say, oh, I should do this. I shouldn't do this. And Chris Thurman says, you know what? Let's stop shooting. Let's stop shooting all over ourselves. Let's, let's stop using that word should because it's sort of damaging to our emotional health, our relational health, and in our spiritual health, Chris. Yeah, it absolutely is. You know, there's a big difference between me saying I should go to work today and acknowledging as an adult I've committed to going to work today. I would be fostering my own growth as a human being if I followed through on my commitments today. I don't need to use the word should to deal with the reality that we all have things that we've obligated ourselves to. So, yeah, I I do push a lot on we need to drop the word should and shouldn't completely out of our vocabulary and talk about I want to go to work today. 
it would be better if I went to work today. Those kind of ways of framing it are are more life-giving rather than life-draining. Now, changing the way you think or changing the way that you choose to look at the world isn't really an overnight thing, right? And we're talking with Chris Thurman today at SWS Radio. He's a psychologist, an author. You know, it takes years of therapy to really heal past scars and talk through wounds. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of psychiatrists, they just prescribe medication and that's what they do. But psychologists do a lot more of the talking through and developing plans to really figure out where we want to go so we're not getting pulled into all the toxic shame of our past. Chris, how do you see the starting point for emotional health when you feel like there are just so many layers I want to work through? Well, I think the starting point for emotional health is to talk. I don't believe in that we've got to keep people in counseling for 50 years, but you know, the starting point for dealing with your hurts and your wounds and your hang-ups and your flaws is talk about them. We have an expression, you're only as thick as your secrets in counseling. So, you know, part of the task of coming in to see a counselor is I'm going to be honest. I'm going to talk about things that I don't normally talk about. I'm going to try to access thoughts and feelings that I don't normally share. And I'm going to try to, you know, invite somebody into my life that I hopefully can be safe with and have a a productive conversation about how do I move past my struggle with anger? How do I move past my unforgiveness of a parent that deeply wounded me? So talking about it is the first step in the right direction. And then gaining insight into it after you've begun talking about it. You know, after we explore things, we're supposed to develop better understanding, better insight. And then the third and final step is action. You know, now that we've explored it, now that we've talked about it, now that we understand it better, now that we have some insight, we got to put some feet to it. We got to go out there and choose as an act of will to do the thing that is healthiest and best and most moral. You know, when you're caught in this cycle and it's like you want to see things change and you're working hard, at least you feel like you're working hard, but you're not seeing much change because the cycles keep repeating itself. It's like there's layers there. Chris, where will we start to even break through? Well, I'm with you about the part of we get discouraged when we don't see much change. I do think we live in an instant gratification culture, and I think a lot of people bail before they can start seeing the fruits of their labor. So to me, it's really important to have grit, you know, to have perseverance is to, you know, if you're working on the right stuff, uh, then you can trust that it's going to bear good fruit down the road. But you have to, again, the starting point is you've got to talk, you've got to say it, you've got to describe what you're feeling, thinking and doing. And then you've got to uh, be open to having certain insights thrown at you, certain mirrors held up. And then you have to be willing to let somebody push you to get off your bottom and start, you know, making some changes in your life rather than waiting for change, you know, to come upon you. So I think a lot of people inadvertently fall into not lifting much of a hand, not rolling up their sleeves and hoping that some magic pill or magic insight will get them to change. Now, Chris, you mentioned looking for the fruit when you're going through those challenging times. Speak a little more into that. Well, we are wired for, you know, our 
efforts to pay off. So again, it's just an observation that we, of course, we get discouraged. You know, we don't want to labor in vain. It would be the way I'd put it to my clients. And so when I have a client who's really working hard on the right stuff and they haven't seen any results yet, I just try to encourage them, hey, it's coming. It's coming. You know, the results are going to be there because you're doing the right thing. You're learning how to do it more consistently. And, you know, the proof is going to be in the pudding that you'll really like what comes your way. So, you know, you just try to encourage folks not to give in to their discouragement, not to throw in the towel and say, well, I guess I wasn't just meant to ever be a different human being. Let's talk about emotional intelligence for a minute. I'm Scott on SWS Radio, and we're talking with Chris Thurman. He's a psychologist and author. And Daniel Goldman says, if your emotional abilities aren't in hand, if you don't have self-awareness, if you're not able to manage your distressing emotions, if you can't have empathy and have effective relationships, then no matter how smart you are, you're not going to get very far. Now, Chris, where do we start with emotional health? Is it being self-aware? Yeah, I do think that is a key starting point. If we could start talking honestly and transparently with trained professionals who know what they're doing, then they can help us grow in our self-awareness over time. Now, we're not talking, obviously, about self-absorption, okay? (laughs) There's a big difference between self-awareness and self-absorption. And in this day and age, far too many people are narcissistically self-absorbed. So good self-awareness starts with talking openly about what's going through your mind and your feelings and your actions each day. And then having somebody who's competent and qualified share the insights that they are having as you talk. They hold up that mirror without shaming you or condemning you. And so they help you understand yourself better. And therefore, they might even push you. Well, they will push you. I push my clients all the time to read more as a way to develop more self-awareness. You know, read about stuff that you struggle with so that you can have other people speak to it. Sometimes people develop self-awareness by taking some kind of a psychological evaluation to where they can be given some input that way. Other people develop self-awareness by asking people to give them honest feedback on what they see that might be a blind spot in their life. So there's a lot of ways to develop self-awareness, but I think Goldman is right that, you know, emotional intelligence tied to self-awareness is the key to really living life more reasonably well and healthy. We're talking about doing honest self-evaluation on SWS Radio. We're talking with Chris Thurman. He's a psychologist and author and a speaker. As we're talking about emotional health, we've got to talk about pride, right? Because a lot of times in our progress, we're trying to grow and we're trying to grind and we're trying to work harder at things, but there's pride that creeps in and usually we're not aware that it's there. We know that, you know, maybe we think about ourselves a little more than we should. But Chris, what do you think is the best way to do a self-evaluation on where pride has taken more authority in your life than it should? You know, we're all familiar with the idea that pride goes before destruction, right? So I think part of why I pat my clients on the back when they come in is I'm telling them real directly, hey, I think you're being very courageous to come in. I think you're being humble to come in because you're opening yourself up to feedback. So when people have way too much 
pride, you know, when they're too resistant to hearing from anybody else, when they're too stuck on their own opinion about things, they really aren't all that helpable. It isn't until they humble themselves and and realize that they need to have other opinions thrown at them. In the Council of Many, there is wisdom is one of my favorite statements. And I think if we can swallow our pride and just accept that we're a human being with all the faults and foibles that go with it, turn to other people for help, admit that we need it, then we can make a lot of progress in life. We say we should do certain things all the time, but we're talking with Chris Thurman today at Us Radio, and he's a psychologist, and he's an author. In your latest book, Chris, you talk about things that we say all the time, like, I should be more successful. I should be more emotionally healthy. I should be in a better mood. I should know what I want to do with my life. I should have fresh goals. I should be a better parent. But Chris, you wrote a book really talking about making the journey from condemnation to compassion. And a key to that is to stop saying I should or should not do certain things. One of the main themes, if not the main theme of the book, is that framing all this stuff as a should or shouldn't is going to be counterproductive and damage your emotional health. And that's why I encourage people to shift from should to I want. I want to be more emotionally healthy. I want to be more successful in life. I want to be more self-aware. I want to be, I want to interact with people in a more loving and kind way. Again, it sounds like word games, but if we can shift from I should be this to I would like to be that, what is it going to take to get me there? Then I think, again, we free up more energy for the trip, for the journey, but the shoulds have to go. They are just toxic. They are self-shaming. They are self-condemning, and they don't move the ball down the field. We're talking about what we want out of our life, what we want for our future, what we want our goals to look and feel like. And we're talking with Dr. Chris Thurman today at SWIS Radio. And a few minutes ago, you were talking about how so many people say, I want to be more loving. I want to be more grace-filled. And so much of that comes from empathy. And I think a lot of us are born with not a lot of natural empathy. What do you think we can do to go back if you feel like, I'm not sure that I'm the loving person that Jesus called me to be. I'm not sure that grace comes naturally to me. I may not be as empathetic as many other Christians are. Chris, where do we even start to break that all down? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And I don't mean to psychobabble anything today, but a lot of times we don't have much empathy or compassion for other people because we weren't shown very much. It wasn't modeled for us. Now, I'm not using that as a cop-out, okay? We're still on the hook for whether or not we treat people with empathy, whether or not we have compassion for their suffering. But I do want people to be kinder to themselves about the fact that most of us are not shown empathy. Most of us are not raised to be compassionate, and therefore that we might later in life be starting almost from square one in terms of becoming a more empathic human being. Again, you know, counseling is not the solution for everything, but I do think, you know, if we could get into some kind of counseling or group experience that would be focused on helping us develop more empathy, helping us to come out of that crustier shell that we have and soften our hearts 
and have more feeling for other people and the suffering that they're going through. Again, I don't think for many of us that until it's shown to us first that we're going to risk dipping our toe in that pool. So I do think it has to start with, okay, let somebody show you empathy. Let somebody model that for you. Let them give you compassion. Let them show you kindness. And then maybe you can go and do likewise. So good. Well, we're talking with Chris Thurman today at SWS Radio. and He has a new book. It's called Stop Shooting All Over Yourself. It's making the journey from condemnation to compassion. Thank you so much for your time, Chris. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on the program. You're clear to go. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion, give it a five-star rating in your app store. The way the technology works, your ratings really help spread the word.